Talking Dogs on Thursday with Barry Drake. For all the latest Greyhound racing news, check out grisland.ie forward slash Talking Dogs. Hello and welcome along to episode 62 of Talking Dogs on Thursday with myself, Barry Drake. This week we're going to Nina in County Tipperary and we're going to say hello to Olivia Hogan who kindly joins us on the Talking Dogs on Thursday podcast. It's hello to you, Olivia. Hi, Barry. How are you? Very well. Uh, Many thanks for for joining us on the podcast. I suppose we might start with maybe a bit of background on yourself and uh, how you got involved in our great sport. Um, I suppose I'm involved in dogs all my life. I never really knew anything different. Um, I started with my dad, really. Um, My dad had dogs with Tommy Ryan before I was born. Tommy passed away this year. But um, I suppose the first greyhound I ever would have seen was in Tommy's yard. And then we built our own kennels when I was very young. And we moved into the ones we're in now. I think it was around 2007. And then we started the kind of Five Valley name from there then. And we just went from there. Very good. So no doubt um, great memories of growing up around um, the the beautiful animal of, of a ground. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I suppose I was always in the van with Dad. I was always gone somewhere. Um, I never really knew anything different than being surrounded by them. I loved, when I was really small, I loved going off somewhere to see a litter of pups that someone might have or whatever. Um, I remember being pulled from a litter of saplings that knocked me to the ground one time. If that didn't deter me, nothing ever will, you know. Um but we had some very good, genuine dogs over the years. I remember being maybe three or four and we were, I was still around dogs. And, you know, we had Peak Climber when I was, I think I was about four. Um, I remember he was so placid, like I used to walk him up and down my nanny's garden. Um, and I was so young, I wasn't even in school at the time. Um, we also had, I remember going up to County Meath to pick out a dog. We called him All Slash No Cash. He was my mother's dog at the time. Um, we had Corporate Scoop, another one. Um, he was a full brother to Corporate Attack, and I think that was when I kind of saw the bright lights of us. Um, Corporate Attack won the Cornwall Cullen in 2009, and we knew the connections very well, so we went up to support um, up in Harold's Cross. It was my first and only time at Harold's Cross, and I just remember the atmosphere at the time was just something else. I'd never experienced that and like it before, um, and haven't, still haven't, you know, um, and the people and everyone that just went up to support. And I still have, I was in the photograph on the night, and I still have it on my phone. I look at it sometimes because. You know, some of the people in it aren't with us anymore and it was just very poignant at the time, you know. Very good. And of course, like, um, you know, Greyhound Racing, it's a, it's a real family affair, isn't it? So many great families involved in the sport all over the country. Absolutely, yeah. Like, we're blessed now at home. We have some, like my own family, of course, but then we have some great families around us, you know, and I know that they do anything to support the game and to support each other. And I think it's really important to look after each other in the game because, you know, I suppose we do get a little bit of bad publicity at times and I think if we start turning on each other, we're in trouble. So, um, you know, look, I know that there's some fantastic families around us. Like, I wouldn't start naming them now because if I do, I'd be in trouble for leaving someone out. But, um, yeah, look, we, we're blessed. We're blessed in the sport with some great families. Yeah, and of course, look, I suppose, based in Nina, you've got a couple of tracks around you. Tell us about your local tracks growing up. Yeah, so um, I suppose years ago when I was very small, we used to actually trek up to Mullingar, but in more recent times it was Clonmel and Galway. Um, Clonmel, I think we've been racing in Clonmel for about 12 or about twelve years, I'd say now at this stage. Um, and it's just fantastic. Like, I can't fault the staff, the management, the people down there are just second to none. Um, and we've had some great success down there as well over the years. Um, I suppose Five Valley Pop was our main man down there for a long time. And, you know, he brought us some great nights and some great memories of it as well. 
Exactly, yeah, great stuff. And uh, just in terms of um, lockdown, I know lockdown was um, very, very difficult for, for so many people all over the country. Such a, a challenging and a hard time and very scary as well at the start, of course, because we didn't know exactly what was um, going to be happening. But um, I know you um, were helping a great friend of yours, a neighbour of yours. Tell us more about that. Yeah, so I think it was just before the lockdown kicked in, um, a good friend of ours and a man we've known for many years was uh, Tim Heenan from home. And Tim asked me would I give him a hand in Galway one night. He had two dogs running and I said I would. So to make a long story short, we were leaving the track that night and he said to me, how are you fixed for next week? And that's basically how it started. So I think when COVID got a little bit more serious and the tracks kind of started putting in the restrictions, um, we kind of all had a responsibility to look after the older generation. And for me, that meant going racing a little bit more often. And, you know, it was the best of both worlds for everyone. So I collect the dogs off Tim before we'd go racing and um, I'd head up to Galway with them. Now, I got a couple of funny looks. A girl taking two greyhounds out of the back of a Toyota Yaris. It's not something you see every day. But, um, you know, it, it worked. It worked for both of us. And even now, Tim is back racing and I still go with him. And, you know, he has some great memories and some great stories of dogs from years ago. You know, and he remembers them all. He remembers you know, the times they were doing and, and how they got on everywhere they went. And, you know, he has a great outlook on dogs and you learn a lot from someone like that. Like, he's very, um, he's such a positive outlook. Like, I could bring back a dog that wins and he he's over the moon. But if a dog comes back and he's the last, as long as he's on four legs and he's safe and sound and we can go with him the following week again, he's delighted. And that's the best way to look at it because it's so easy to get caught up in, you know, why a dog isn't breaking or why they're not winning or whatever. So, you know, I did, I learned a lot from him in that sense. That's absolutely brilliant and, and such a, a lovely gesture. And just in terms of them uh, trips to Galway, I suppose, firstly, how long would it take you to get to Galway from your Nina base? And uh, was there a winner or two along the way for Tim? Absolutely, yeah. Um, it's about an hour and a half, I think, from my own place and then about an hour and 15 from Tim's. So it's not too bad. You know, um, we'd be used to going up and down to Clonmel. It would be an hour and 10 from us, so it's only the opposite direction, really. Um but yeah, like, but there was a couple of winners along the way, yeah, ones that we weren't expecting. We had a first and a second there, I think about two weeks ago. And look, it's like winning the derby, you know, it's, it's when you win something like that and you get a, when you're not expecting it, especially, it's fantastic. Yeah, it sure is. Look, I suppose, as you said, look, there's a real, real fantastic buzz out of having a winner, isn't there? Oh, sure, look, I mean, so many nights I, I went up to Galway on my own and I drove home with the winner and I was smiling the whole way home. You just... There's so, it's just something you can't really explain to someone who's not involved in greyhounds, you know. Um, and I think it doesn't matter what grade or what time they did as long as they won. And, you know, it, it's such a buzz, especially when you're when you put them in traps and you're in the middle of the field watching them going around. Like, it's, it's, um, it's great to see them coming over the line in front. Yeah, it sure is. Certainly that um, extra special, I suppose, when you're in the, the middle of the field. And um, in terms of the five alley prefix, um, you've had some good greyhounds over the years and I'm sure you have some fond memories as well with your family's success. Oh, absolutely. Look, um, as I said, five alley pop was our main man down in Clonmel for a long time. Um, we were, we raced him until he was six and a half. We tried to retire him and he just knocked the place down at home. He just wanted to go. So he raced until he was six and a half. He had 27 wins on his cars by the time he finished um, he was in five finals he won the five of them he won the same final twice um, and we've won that since again um, you know the last final he was in he was knocked out in the semi-final and he got back in as a reserve and he won that as well and we had no work on into him we only got words on the Thursday that we, they needed him for the Sunday so um, you know he won dog of the year down there twice he had five in a row it was just 
he was a celebrity in his own right down in Clonmel. Like, people followed him every week, you know, and he's still at home with us now. And, you know, he knew the track and the routine so well. And he knows if we're heading away in the evenings that we're going to the track and things like that. Um, and then, I suppose, most recently down in Clonmel, um, I think it was just before the lockdowns kind of kicked in, um, we had two dogs in the final of the A1, A2, 550, um, uh, the Sport and Press A1, A2, 550, and we first and second in it. And it was just all the family and friends were there and, you know, everyone was so supportive and they talked about it for weeks afterwards. It was just, it was a great night because I suppose when they're your own dogs and you're putting so much work into them and you can see the rewards coming out of it, you know, it's just the best feeling and to have two in the final was something else. Yeah, that's quite an achievement, that to say the least. And it, it sounds like, uh, Olivia, are part of a passionate Greyhound family. Definitely, definitely, yeah. Um, I suppose I never knew anything different. Um, my dad taught me very well, <laughs> taught the two of us very well growing up. I suppose we always, we were always um, kept very grounded with dogs, but, you know, they always knew where we were and it was always hanging out with dogs somewhere. Oh, very good. And what's the current uh, situation um, with the, the Hogan household in, in terms of greyhounds at the moment? Um, yeah, we have about four dogs in training now at the minute. Um, the dog that won the A1A2 550, Five Ali Messi, he was injured for a while. We're trying to bring him back. Um, we have another lad, Five Ali Ted. He has five wins up this year. He likes the longer distance, so we're trying to keep him going on that. Um, we have another dog, an older dog. He's five since September. Um and look, he's an absolute character. Five Valley Crackle is his name. And he's very similar to Pop. You know, he loves Clonmel. He lo- he knows the track so well. And he loves the change of scenery as well. So, you know, we try to give him that if we can. But um, I think our, our youngest dog now is Five Valley Jack. Um, he We bought him, myself and dad bought him back in May. And he has two two races ran and he won the two of them. So we're trying to bring him back now slowly but surely um, and give him give him all the time he needs. But... He's a lovely dog as well and I think his future is bright because I think he's capable of much better than what he has done already. Yeah, it sounds like there's a lot to look forward to, Olivia. And uh, I'd imagine you see yourself uh, part of this great industry for, for years to come, no doubt. Yeah, definitely. Um, I suppose I'm training to be a teacher now myself, so I'm kind of um, a little bit removed from what's going on. But look, while my dad is around, there'll always be a dog in the yard and he's not going anywhere anytime soon. Um, but, you know, I suppose... Once I think it's one of these things, once you get into it, you're never going to get out of it. And I think a lot of people my age, you know, you might move away for college or you might go abroad for work or whatever. And I think it's always part of you. And, you know, you can never really get rid of it in that sense. Um, so I think, yeah, for years to come now, I will be involved to some capacity anyway. Very, very good. And just in terms of, I suppose, recent big events, I'm sure you were following the um, Irish Greyhound Derby. It was another great advertisement for the sport. Would you agree? Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Like, you know, even to see the bitches in it, I, I, when I was following it, I just wanted to see one of the bitches win it because I suppose I think it was 99 when it was won last by a bitch. And um, well, I've often, you know, we'd meet um, Owen McKenna and them in Clonmel a good bit as well. And of course, there is a local connection to it as well. So look, when I, I was delighted, I was watching it on my phone and I was roaring her home because I was delighted to see her coming over the line. And you could just see the real passion that um, when Owen McKenna was, interviewed afterwards you know there was a real passion and he was really really delighted for her and I suppose you know she's just she's a once in a lifetime dog isn't she and you know I don't think we'll ever see the likes of her again That's exactly it look I think we were all uh, rooting for a bitch to win it um, and it was uh, great to, to see that happening uh, this year just uh, finally I suppose we, before we finish up um, you're obviously very busy um, in college and stuff like that so a lot going on no doubt Yeah definitely so um I started my master's this year now up in Maynooth, 
So I'm living, I'm living in Dublin and I'm in college in Minute, but I'm home on a Thursday just in time for a race. And so you can imagine now the way my week goes. Um, I'm busy all weekend and I don't, I don't know myself by the time Sunday comes and I'm back in Dublin again. So yeah, look, I try to keep involved with the dogs as much as I can. Um, but dad runs a good ship at home while I'm gone. And I suppose over the lockdowns, I was very hands on. Um, I was at home all the time for the bones of 18 months. Um, and it was hard enough to leave it. But look, I suppose, as you say, you'll always be involved and, um, I'm delighted now that I can, I suppose, step in and step out uh, according to me and still get my, my degree at the end of it all. Brilliant stuff. Look, uh, the, the very best of luck with that going forward. And uh, just in terms of your dad, what's your dad's name? Paul, Paul Hogan. Paul Hogan. We had to give him a yeah. shout out, like. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, sure. He started it all. I wouldn't have answered without him really, like, in fairness to him. Oh, fair play, fair play, Olivia. Anything else you'd like to add before we finish up? No, I think that's it. Thanks, William. <laughs> no, that was fantastic. And look, um, as we said, um, great to have you on the podcast. And, you know, a brilliant gesture um, from you over the course of the lockdown. Um, we're just so blessed to have so many great uh, people within our industry. And uh, you're certainly one of them, Olivia. And as I said, thanks yeah. a million for joining us on the podcast. And we're wishing you continued success with your career going forward. Thanks very much. So now we're going to welcome Anna Staple to the podcast. And uh, firstly, uh, Anna, hello to you and uh, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Hello, Barry. Thanks for having me. Yeah, look, it's fantastic um, to speak with you on the podcast. I suppose, firstly, Anna, tell us a small bit of background um, about yourself and uh, how you got involved in Greyhound Racing. Yeah, um, well, in 2018, uh, my parents and I moved into a house next door to Fian and the Dogs. Um, I was going to school and my mother started talking to Fahin and she just kind of mentioned that I was hugely into dogs and he suggested that I came over and kind of just took out from there. Very good. And um, did you move to Ireland from another country in the past? I did, actually. Yeah, When I was three years old, I moved to Kildare from Germany. Very good. That was um, a big change, no doubt. Obviously, you were young then. Do you remember much of the uh, the big transfer? Uh, I don't remember anything. I remember, yes, I have small memories of uh, Germany. I don't remember any of the move, though. Oh, very good. And going back into, I suppose, look, when you were introduced uh, maybe to the, the kennel of greyhounds uh, within uh, Fahin Mullen, he's based in, in Ballyduffin County, Waterford. Is that right? Yep. And be, prior to that, had you much? Did you know much about greyhound racing? I actually didn't know. Uh, I wasn't really introduced to any of that part. I did when I was younger go to Punchestown every year, um, but I had no recollection or knowledge of greyhound racing at all. Oh, very good. And tell us your, I suppose, your first impressions when you um, landed at uh, Fahin's Kennels. Um, I was there with a friend and. It was very um, overwhelming. As you know, the greyhounds are very friendly, so they're all jumping at us. Um, But they were very um, welcoming and very calm. And it was very, um, it was a great experience, to be honest. And obviously, um, you're still involved. So you were caught uh, caught with the bug? I am, yeah. So tell us, Sam, you know, obviously, look, you, you went to the kennels, you obviously liked what uh, was going on. So tell us kind of what work you have been doing with Greyhound since then. Um, I like to call myself the puppy manager of the kennel. Um, a lot of the stuff I do with the pups, such as naming, I usually um, choose what color collar. I teach them when they're younger um, how, to, how to get along with a collar, how to uh, walk on the lead. 
up and down the schooling track, for for example, I'd usually give them their first or second hand slip. Um, I'd spend a couple of hours during the weekends going up and down the fields with tennis balls and squeaky toys. Right, sounds like there's a lot going on. And, and just like, uh, obviously, look, we've spoke to so many people in the podcast. We never really speak about the, those things there which you've highlighted. So just in terms of, I suppose, uh, for a person that might be listening when you're um, trying to train a young greyhound to the lead, can it be can it be difficult at times? It depends on the dog, to be honest, Barry. Um, usually... Um Usually the bitches are a bit uh, squeaky. They're they're drama queens. Um, you just have to be patient with them. It's usually that every time you give, go in to give them their feed, you'll just kind of check their collar isn't too tight because they grow fast. Um, but at the same time, you just give it a slight rub just so they know that it's there and they kind of get used to it when they're younger. And then eventually you just give them the lead one day and they might follow it, they might not follow it just have to be very supportive and patient with them very good and I know from speaking to you, you off here you told me um, you're, you're sitting you're leaving cert um, well you're in leaving in sixth year so you've a lot going on and how do you you know mix both of them together because it uh, sounds like there's a lot of work to be done with the greyhounds as well <laughs> yeah yeah um, I usually I don't spend a lot of time over in the kennel now as much as I'd like to during the weekends I'd usually spend time there hand slipping, galloping, trials, whatever it is we have on the agenda for that week. Um, Mondays and Wednesdays, obviously, I go to y'all after I've gone some study and some homework done. Other days, such as Tuesdays, Thursdays, um, I don't go to the dogs at all, simply because there just isn't enough time. Um, but yeah, the weekends are <laughs> open gates, uh, yeah. Yeah, you're you're a regular at uh, Yall Track by now. Obviously, as you said, you attend uh, most Mondays and and Wednesdays. Tell us a bit about Yall Track and uh, what you like about it. It's lovely. Um, I was a bit shy the first time I got there. I actually went there. Um, I'd say probably four, three years before I actually joined the kennels. I was there on a holiday, um, and I met my, I saw my my um, my pet's mother running there for the first time. Um, it's it's a family to be honest. It, it's it's very welcoming. Um, everyone is lovely. It, it's like um, it is like a big family, like a big community. Everyone supports each other, and when someone is sick, the other person will will help them, parade the dog, catch the dog. It's great. It's a great aesthetic, great um, vibe. It's very friendly. Yeah, that's exactly it. And uh, tell us, obviously, look, you touched on all the routines there. What do you enjoy most um, during the week? What's your favourite, I suppose, thing to do with Greyhounds? I'd say getting up on a Saturday morning and knowing that I'm going to be spending time with either, whether it's race dogs for trials or pups to gallop or to the the, the schooling track. It's just um, it's kind of like a, an excitement that happens. You get your coffee, hop in the van and off you go. Tell us about some of your standout memories since you've been involved in the sport because um, the kennel of Fahin Mullen has enjoyed plenty of winners over those years so there must be a couple, maybe one or two things uh, that stick out. We have. Um, one of the, probably the first outstanding moment was um, when my first greyhound, Blitzen Teddy, ran in Cork. He was um, first all the way around. He just got caught on the line uh, for his first race which was um, brilliant as I was only about 14 years old then. It was great. Um, 
one of the most recent outstanding moments now has to be known ever no more when he did his amazing 2868 in y'all that was a superb superb night for the kennel yeah it sure was he's a very talented greyhound isn't he he's very very well bred yeah, he sure is, of course. And um, just in terms of your involvement with, with ownership, um, you're still involved in ownership. Tell us about maybe a couple of dogs you're involved with at the moment. Uh, yeah, we have um, we have a few uh, pups. We have new bloodline coming in. Um, I have persuaded Sahin to to get new blood into the kennel. Um, I, of course, for for working with the pups. I usually, I either buy uh, my own dogs or I'm usually becoming the owner of one of the pups in every litter. Um, so we do have a few uh, different pups at the moment, such as we have a bitch from England and we have uh, an out-of-range bitch, which we bought last year. So we have a few um, few new pieces to the kennel. Great stuff. Sounds like you're the brains behind the, the operation. <laughs> And just in terms of uh, hopes for the future, do you see yourself involved in the sport moving forward? Oh, definitely, definitely. As long as this amazing sport is here, I will also be here. I definitely hope to breathe more, breathe more with the new blood, with my own blood, such as Blitz and Babs. She's definitely one for the future. Stunning Pepper. She'll be bred very soon. Yeah, a lot to look forward. Tell us a bit more about Blitz and Babs, because uh, I'm sure that's a ground I see um, sitting on a couch one time. <laughs> she does actually. She um, she was uh, when I when I took her in when she was a pup. She was about two months old, and um, when I actually officially owned her. But um, when she was a baby, she and one of her siblings did not eat a lot, and they were losing weight very fast. Um, so. I took her in, hand-fed her every evening, um, and she got better with some antibiotics. And um, since then, she sleeps in the house during the night uh, on my bed and on my sofa. She takes up a lot of space. Um, So she's a pet during the night, and she was always allowed out in the field with her siblings and out to the racetrack whenever she wanted to during the day. Oh, very good. That's a fantastic uh, story. And, um, you know, she's uh, running well around you all. Looking forward to seeing her in action again soon. Just in terms of maybe anyone that's thinking of uh, getting involved in the um, great industry we have here, have you any uh, tips or advice? I'd say definitely go to the tracks and speak to the trainers, speak to the, the manager, maybe the people You'll, you'll find your place and usually you'll have um, someone such as, for example, in y'all, you would have Derek Kyo, who would always have a pup or a dog ready to be sold if you wanted to buy one. So just kind of find your way, like introduce yourself and you will be brought on the right path when you find the people. That's exactly it. Look, Greyhound people are very uh, welcoming and, uh, you know, I suppose, look, it's um, it's going to be a, a busy couple of months um, ahead of you, busy year with the leave and cert and stuff like that, Anna, so we're wishing you the very best of luck with that and uh, keep up the, the fantastic work um, that you're doing in our industry. Um, you're certainly doing a marvellous job and we look forward to following your progress going forward. Thank you. Talking Dogs on Thursday with Barry Drake. For all the latest Greyhound racing news, check out grisland.ie forward slash Talking Dogs.